0: Welcome to the Rise to the Challenge podcast. Joining today, she's Ice from American Gladiators, podcast host, speaker, entrepreneur, fitness buff. It's Lori Fetrick. How are you doing today, Lori?
1: I'm good, Alex. How are you doing today?
0: I'm doing so good. We are so excited to have you on the show to talk about your Rise to the Challenge. What we like to do with all of our guests is go right to the beginning. Talk about where you're from and what you like doing growing up.
1: Oh, God. I'm from um, Southern California. And I'm sorry, I'm just getting everything kind of situated here for you. <laughs> <Good. clears throat> Um, From Southern California, what did I like doing when I was growing up? Oh, just playing sports, you name it, softball, volleyball, basketball, backyard basketball, running with the boys up and down the street, (laughs) you name it.
0: (laughs) Was there a specific sport that kind of like piqued your interest the most?
1: It was definitely softball as I was growing up. I mean, that was my love. That was my passion when I was in fourth grade. I mean, I was a catcher, third baseman. I had an arm. Um, I was basically the fourth in line, the cleanup hitter. So I had a good swing. I was home run hitter. So yeah, that was it. That was my sport. I absolutely fell in love with it from an early, early age.
0: Playing sports, did it teach you about anything about yourself? Anything that you learned new, like a skill set that you didn't know you had in you?
1: I don't want to say a skill set. I mean, what it taught me is it taught me discipline. It taught me how to stay um, dedicated. Practice, practice, practice. When you want to be good at something, you learn it, you practice it, um, and 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 you make it look easy, um, but it's not because you put in so much time into practice. So, I mean, if you, I mean, I don't want to say is that considered a skill set to you. <laughs>
0: But it's definitely a life skill that you have to incorporate throughout your journey, where it's not just it just in sports, but it's in all aspects of your life, both personally, professionally, that you have to be disciplined, where people don't have that, and you can see them struggle, and it's their challenge that they have to face.
1: Oh, 100%. Absolutely. So I think that sports, really, whomever may be involved in sports... Um, they're going to, if, if they're at the top of their game in whatever sport they may be in, you know, they learned discipline, you know, they learned, um, a mindset, you know, because that's the other thing you can't be at the top of your love. I mean, at the top of your game in a, in a sport, unless you have that mindset at the same time, if you think that you suck, but yet you're really good, you're going to pretty much probably suck Mm -hmm. just because of mindset. So the skill level. And what it teaches you in life going forward, I think is absolutely huge. And so with that being said, even it's like, whether it be even musical or dance or any type, anything like that. And I think it's kind of sad nowadays because they've taken a lot of that out of of the schooling system, Mm -hmm. you know, and I think it's so important for a life development Even if you go into, let's say you're on a team, you learn team skills, you learn team building, you learn all these things, you know, how to, how to be a team player, even.
0: Fitness was a big part of your life growing up. Did that start at a young age where you kind of enjoyed the training aspect or the fitness aspect of it?
1: I would say that it, it started... It started at a young age to where I watched my father. Um, He would have like the old time muscle and fitness laying around the house. Um, He was in the backyard, kind of like he had his own weightlifting, you know, bench and everything that he built. And then I saw my mom. My mom was exercising to Jack LaLanne, you know, on the television. So I kind of grew up in a family environment that exercise and health was a very, very big part of it. Um, I'm not saying they were into any sports whatsoever, which is really kind of strange. Nobody in my family was into sports. Um, I truly was the only one, but as far as growing up, um, I would say, what was the question again, Alex?
0: Fitness played a huge part in your story. Did it start at a young age where (laughs) fitness played a big part?
1: Yeah. I mean, there you go. I mean, I, the, the fitness aspect came from my parents and then I learned it. Um, I learned it going into, you know, in, in the schools and having coaches mm-hmm. actually teach me. So fitness was always in my life. Some, some form, some way, 100%.
0: Was there anybody in your life that was a big inspiration for you or a big motivator to make you follow your dreams and path that you wanted to go?
1: I found them along the way. Okay, I found I found my my mentors. I found my role models along the way. I never had just like one solid role model, you know, even at a young age. Um, wherever I was, you know, at that point in time, I had some trainers uh, at a very young age when I just got into bodybuilding. They became my role models. They became my mentors. Um, so just you know, they kind of keep changing as I kept evolving. My mentors kept evolving as well. You know, they were, they were there like, you know, it's like the old saying, somebody enters your life maybe for a a moment or a season, you know, kind of things. Mentors and role models are the same way as you're going up the ladder, whatever it may be.
0: It's funny you mentioned that because I just used that quote. Some people come in your life for a season, some kind And I always think about that where it's so true because you look at friendships, relationships, family, there's always different aspects of when they'll come into your life, but it's not that they're never going to be there. It's just the timing around things. And mentors is one of those things where I'm changing careers, but I'm finding new mentors that can help me grow even more. And that's fun because it challenges myself to become better, the greatest version of myself.
1: Absolutely. I mean, they're going to change and they're going to evolve as you're evolving your mentors, your role models are going to change with you. And if they don't, I hate to say it, but most of the time you're not growing. Yeah, you've got to grow into it. Right. That's why you have mentors and role models. You want to you want to aspire to be at that level. So you got to keep changing as you're growing.
0: A fun question sometimes we're asked is, what's that dream job? What was that dream job that you wanted?
1: with a dream job, I would say when I was younger, I wanted to go to the Olympics and, and, and people would go, well, what did you want to, what did you want to do in the Olympics? I was such an athlete when I was a child that I would watch the summer Olympics and go, God, if I, I would, if I would have just picked one, one thing and just went for it, or my family or my parents would have put me in that or um, the winter Olympics skiing. I started, I was a ski instructor at a very early age. The dream job is I did, I found it. And that was the gladiators. I mean, you know, the American gladiators came along. So that was the dream job. And then as I was in the middle of that, I would say the next dream job would be I wanted to do action films. You know, I wanted to become that actress and do action films.
0: Before gladiators, were you getting involved in bodybuilding before you got that opportunity? Or how did you get involved into bodybuilding first?
1: I was into bodybuilding first. And then I was, I was doing, you know, city, you got, you kind of climb the ladder when it comes to bodybuilding. So it was like city, um, and then state, and then you go nationals and then you can go pro. So right. at that point in time, um, hmm. ask me that again. Let me rephrase that.
0: How did you get involved into bodybuilding? If that, for that coming first before Gladiators?
1: I mean, it, again, I, I was, I was working a job. I didn't want, I didn't want to gain weight. I came out of high school. I was kind of fearful of gaining weight. And oh my God, what am I going to do? So I started going to the gym at lunchtime. And as I started going to the gym at lunchtime, I started meeting people. And then basically at that point in time, I, I found my trainers and just kind of got into the bodybuilding mode. I wanted to go pro when I was in bodybuilding, but that didn't happen because of the fact that the gladiators came along mm-hmm. right around the national level. And you have to win the nationals in order to go pro. So at that point in time, it was like gladiators, <laughs> <people> bodybuilding. <laughs> so that was kind of a no brainer.
0: With working out in that bodybuilding kind of atmosphere, what did you enjoy about it? Did it test you in a way that you never thought you could be tested? Or did it kind of challenge you through mindset? Because it's definitely a mindset thing to get to the level that you want it to be at.
1: Both. It challenged me physically and mentally. Um, Physically, it challenged you because of the fact that if you were in there and you wanted to go to a certain level in bodybuilding, you had to push your body to a certain extent. I mean, like really hard. Um, And then mentally, of course, I mean, you had to be prepared for that. Especially when it came into the nutrition and the dieting part of it, that is a huge mental, that that's, that's the hardest thing to be honest with you when it comes to bodybuilding is the actual dieting for the shows and getting ready for the shows. I loved being pushed. I loved having a trainer. I loved getting in there and seeing how far I could push myself and change my body.
0: Sometimes there's that t- people outside think that a certain look for a female in bodybuilding is not what a typical female looks like. How did you be able to say, I am controlling my body?
1: Alex, let me let me ask you this. What does a typical female look like?
0: There isn't. Everyone is so different. Everyone's unique. And that's what I love about it is people get to control what they want to look like. And that's so important where it's like, oh, a man's supposed to have all these muscles. No, I'm who I want to be. But how did you battle that in a time where social media wasn't even a thing? And so people aren't posting photos out there and you're not hearing the comments section, but how did you control
1: that? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. If I had heard the comment section back then, I probably would have quit. (laughs) The reason I say that is because I heard the comments on the street. I heard the comments behind me. I heard the comments out here. I'd be walking down the street and I could hear women, Mm -hmm. Not, not even men. It was women. Why does she want to look like a man? Why does she have so many muscles? And I wanted to turn around and not to, not to be rude or offend anybody, but I'd want to turn around and go, why do you want to be fat? Why do you want to be 200 pounds? Why, why do you want to look this way? this is your choice. This is your life. So get out of the back of my ear right now and telling me what I should and shouldn't look like, you know? And so I battled that just in person. I can't even imagine what it would have been like on social media. Yeah. <laughs> I would have just been like, oh my God, take my phone. Don't even let me look at it.
0: <laughs> That's sometimes how I feel with anything. Like if you post something and someone's going to have a negative comment because people hide behind the phones.
1: Alex, there's going to be haters out there, no matter what. I mean, I get haters even in this day and age. It's like, even on my TikTok, you know, it's like, come on. I think I, I, I'm not, I don't have that many compared to a lot of people, but I've got about 250,000 right now. And out of those (laughs) 250,000, there's going to be people that go, you know, (laughs) you know, Eh, not for me, or eh, I don't like short hair. eh, You know, there, there's always those comments and it's, and it takes everything in me to ignore them. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm sorry to interject on that question. You're good. When you said normal female, I was like, Oh my God, what is normal anymore?
0: Exactly. And I love that you mentioned that because it's so true nowadays, because you see people like to look how they want to and, I have no right to judge someone. No one should judge me how I should look. As long as we're happy, that's the important part.
1: The only thing that I have a judgment on and I'll judge it all day and I will, I will judge it and I don't care. The women, and I'm going to say women because I haven't seen men, but the women that go into the gym and they're too damn lazy to work out and train and get that booty, they go buy it. Yeah. And most of the women will go buy it before they even walk in a gym. And then here's what gets me is they'll go buy it. Then they'll go back to the gym. And they'll go, oh, look what I built. Look what I did. I'm like, are you kidding me? Girl, you bought that all day long. We can tell a fake ass a mile away now. <laughs> okay. So don't get on your social media. And tell me you're a fitness influencer and you know how to build this booty when in fact you went and bought it. Yep. I mean, when it comes to, when it comes to that kind of thing, I'll judge all day because that, I don't, if you buy it, great, but don't tell me that you built it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> you know? <No>. Yep. <laughs> talk, talk about the birth of ice. You kind of mentioned how you got into gliders, but talk about the evolution of how ice became you.
1: It was, it, it, it's more along the lines of, I let myself have fun with the character. I let myself have fun. I didn't hear any chatter, you know, of how I should be or shouldn't be. Um, so when I got aggressive, you know, playing the games. And and I mean, that was me. I mean, I actually had a lot of fun and I let myself be me. And that is very aggressive in the games. But then I'll shake your hand and smile afterwards and say, high five, good game. You know, um, if somebody pisses me off, I'm going to fight back. I'm going to be that person. Um, so, I mean, the birth of, of ice is actually, uh, I would say- t- 90%. That's who I am. I have fun. I'm super competitive. I'm an athlete. Mm-hmm. You know? So, I mean, the rest of it kind of all kind of came about naturally as time went on. You know, I learned more and more as I was on television. We didn't get a lot of instructions in the very beginning on who we were supposed to be. The very first 13 episodes, yes, they had characters they wanted them to play, two characters but by the time I hit the show it was just kind of like go out and be you but let's see what you can do with this character does that make sense
0: yeah and I think it's that's that show was one of the first of its time where you had these David versus Goliath aspects but I liked how you mentioned that the, the producers they didn't tell you how to be because that's how you a fan Can see how natural it is, where you kind of look at the rebirth or the reboot of it, and you're like, these are just like movie actors. Kind of look like you guys were athletes, and you showcase.
1: So you're talking about the rebirth of when they tried to go back and do the Gladiator show.
0: Yeah, the 2008
1: one. Yeah. You kind of
0: see the big difference between when you were on it to what they tried to do then.
1: You're absolutely right, in in a sense of they tried to make them actors. Um, that's why they brought in Hulk Hogan, Layla Ali, as far as the commentators were concerned. Um, think about it. Mike Adamley was just right off the cuff. I mean, that was the most brilliant commentator, you know, yes. when it comes to gladiators. So yeah, we were natural athletes. And so when they actually casted the new gladiators, we as, <laughs> I don't want to say old gladiators, but the original gladiators, um, we were just kind of like, Hmm, Interesting choice. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well,
0: what was your favorite event out of all the events you competed in? Which one was your top favorite?
1: Powerball all day long. Powerball. We got to obviously, you know, tackle. It was a. It was a. It was a. You know, a hard hitting type of event to where you just got to go all balls out and have a blast. That and there was another one, um, uh, swing shot to where the bungee. Oh, yeah. Yep, jump off and hit the bungee. That was the coolest <laughs> feeling in the world. To be honest with you, I mean, flying up on that bungee, you know, and trying to, you know, play in the air at that moment—that was fun.
0: What was your least favorite?
1: The least favorite is, I would say, it's a combination. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> um, least favorite human cannibal. Absolutely, all day long, oh. hated that game. It was stupid, ridiculous. But once I got rid of that game, um, the atmosphere was kind of boring to me. Um, you know, the big balls mm-hmm. that we could travel around, that was kind of boring for me. And there's one event that I would not do, and that was called Sky Track. They put a, a oh, track dude. on top of the ceiling and they had harnesses and they, you'd race. Well, I have a small claustrophobic thing. And so I, I, I honestly, I got to be honest, I didn't even try the event. I didn't even try it. I just <laughs> it went, nope, don't want to do that one. And that was the only event I actually refused to ever do. Um, but the, most of the events were fun. Most of, They all, looked fun. The joust was even hard, but it was fun. But man, when somebody clocked you in the head, that <laughs> was fun. You know, it was real and it wasn't that much fun. <laughs>
0: Was injuries ever a big part of your journey as a gladiator? Did it take you out of a season? And was it hard to not be able to compete in a season if you didn't miss?
1: Um, I had injuries. I tore meniscus Ooh. in my left knee. And basically the, the, the rule of the gladiators is you get hurt, you get injured, you're out, you don't get paid. Oh. Oh, yeah. So if you do not get paid, you do not get residuals. So that was our livelihood. So we would do anything that we could to continue to compete. So if it meant like when I tore my small meniscus in my knee, like literally the producers say, they told me if I come back tomorrow and I'm limping, they will not let me compete. I went immediately at that point in time to my doctor and got cortisone shots injected into my knee right then and there. And I played the rest of the season. Wow. when i i actually talk about this on my podcast as well and that is i got nerve damage in my right shoulder right or left shoulder both of them actually um it was more left shoulder on the human cannonball and that's why i think i hated it so much because they had this little pad and that one little pad the impact of that person coming down was 10 times their body weight Mm -hmm. So, I mean, think about that. That's insane. So a hit after hit after hit on my left shoulder, I couldn't figure out why my entire left shoulder, my arm would just ache. And so there was nothing that I could be done about it except possibly take a painkiller. And that was, I mean, that's another thing that we talk about on the podcast is the painkiller drugs that we had to take in order to stay competing. So we would get paid for that season. So that was the problem.
0: Do you think the at the time when the show was taping that they could have done anything differently to like when you guys were going taping back to back episodes and you kind of can see in episodes where you're bandaged up and we kind of tell, (laughs) okay they're injured in a way or they're feeling it. Is there anything that they could have done differently, would you say?
1: Nothing. There's nothing they could have done differently because. I I mean, I even like the way they take, they actually tape the shows is because you got into a rhythm Mm -hmm. of competing. And so even if they would have done one show, waited a week, did another show, I mean, it gives your body time to heal, but you get out of that rhythm of competing. Um, Other than that, there's really nothing. I mean, we had a trainer backstage every, every, um, every day before we'd go out and compete, we'd get our ankles taped. You know, so our trainer would be there and we'd sit up on the table and this was just like a routine thing. We'd tape our ankles. If you had knee injury, they'd tape your knee. If you had elbow, they would tape your yeah, I mean, <laughs> you're right. We walked out and we were all taped up, you know, like we were ready to go. But um, that actually helped with, you know, some of the injuries. And I think the other thing they tried to do was one year they tried to hire an actual physical coach trainer, took, a, took us over to USC And started training us in a way they were hoping that would, maybe we wouldn't get so many injuries. Did it help? I don't know. I honestly don't know.
0: You've gotten to experience a lot with your journey as a glider, going to the international gliders in the UK, doing live shows. Is there one moment from the show that is always remembered for you? Like it sticks out to your mind?
1: Theres I have a couple of them, actually. I really do. Um, one of them was competing at Madison Square Gardens in New York. We were on tour. We sold out the entire arena I mean that that memory alone of walking out and just having Madison Square Gardens filled and you could just hear the roar of the people. I mean that's when you just kind of got chills all over, and you'd just be like, "Holy shit. <laughs> God, we made it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, the other one is going over to the UK and actually competing in the international show. That was super amazing as well, because now we're going into a whole nother country to where it's like, holy shit, people know us here too. Yeah. You know, and so just traveling around the world, it's like, there's, there's quite a few moments, you know, that you just kind of have to pinch yourself and go, Yes, I'm here. It's real. It's happening, you know? Yeah. Um, and then meeting the people, obviously meeting people along yeah. the way is, you know, it's awesome.
0: Talking about meeting people, you see nowadays with you and your projects that you're involved with, that how you've built a friendship with a lot of the other gladiators. How is important is that during the time of gladiators and even now that you continue that friendship or have that friendship during the time of taping?
1: Some of us, okay, so I kind of relate this to like, if you work in a company and you work in a corporation, you're going to have certain people that you gel with certain people that you, that you really enjoy going to lunch with, or possibly going out on the weekend with the gladiators were basically the same way. We actually, there are certain people that you gelled with and that you actually created a friendship with, and then others that you still really liked. You just never really hung out afterwards, you know? um dallas and i we remained extremely close friends um we talk all the time even though she's in florida she's one of my best friends i mean zap also is another you know good friend of mine that we've kept in contact with um and the guys like nitro and laser the ones that really from the very beginning we've kept a very close friendship with and it's like almost like a family kind of thing and that's what's been really amazing Even like when I, you know, I said, okay, guys, I'm doing my podcast. I want you on. I want to interview you. I want to get to know who you are, want the people to get to know who you are. And the ones that stepped up, I mean, those are the ones that go, I'll do it all day long. Thank you. I'll do it all day long. You know, and then there are some that go, "Ah," and you're just like, okay, I understand. So it's, it's really interesting. It is really interesting to where, when you start to do a project, you realize very quickly, Kind of like who 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 is who is your who's your oh, yeah. you know your go-to? You know?
0: <laughs> Definitely. And I think it's so amazing that from that time to even now you see how close you guys are. And it's just amazing because fans that even with social media, they see that you guys are having fun. And it just makes fans who remember the show even more excited because they're like, ooh, what what do they have planned next? It's always that excitement feeling.
1: Yeah, exactly. So um, you know, some of them, some of them aren't doing too much, to be honest with you. Some of them aren't doing too much. They're just living their lives. Yeah. And others, I mean, I'm constantly, I constantly have projects going on. <laughs> no, I that's mean, awesome. I don't know who I would be. I'm i I'm a, a very A plus personality. Um, I'm an Aries and I always yeah. laugh about that because it's like one of those things where it's like I always have projects going. If I don't, I get kind of bored, you know, and a little stagnant. It's like, hmm. All right. What's next? What's next?
0: <laughs> when that last season happened, was there, did you know it was going to be the final season or did you have a game plan of what's next for me after gladiators?
1: They gave us absolutely no indication of when the show is going to end. I'll be honest. Um, we, we were taping the show and then we were taping also, um, that came around at that point in time was okay so we ended we ended with the tour we came back we did another season we did the international and then all of a sudden we noticed that they asked us to do the orlando live Mm -hmm. once the orlando live happened we knew the television show was ending which was kind of weird but they never told us nobody ever told us the television show was ever ending. Like we never got a letter. We never got, hey, thank you so much, high five, you guys did a great job. Thanks for your, you know, your, your, thanks for your participation. Thanks for being a gladiator. We got shit. We got nothing. As a matter of fact, <laughs> to this day, we're all the gladiators. Like maybe they could still send us a letter. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, we, we didn't know, we did not know when it was going to end. So we started doing the Orlando live thinking that we're going back the next season to, you know, to tape the television show. And then all of a sudden the Orlando live, we, we, we started off strong. We started off with, you know, people coming out of the ceilings as far as, you know, uh, repelling out of the ceiling. We had fireworks, we had dancers, we had all these things. It was so much fun. And then it started dwindling down. That went. And then the the dancers went and, and we started going, okay, what's happening now to this show <laughs> that started dwindling down until one time uh, showed up at the Orlando live and the doors were chained locked. Oh. Nobody called us again. Nobody called us. Nobody told us anything. There was just chains on the door done. So that's, that's what happens with the gladiators. It's, it's really, it's, it's kind of sad. <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah. Cause at least like it. Oh, go ahead. I didn't mean to.
1: Well, no, what I was gonna say is so therefore, since we didn't have any preparation or any time to go, okay, what's next? I mean, you had to hustle like yeah. right off the bat. It's like, oh shit, this is done. That's done. Now what I'm gonna do. We kind of already in the back of our minds knew for quite some time. I mean, I don't want to say, when I say quite some time, I'm talking like months, like Mm -hmm. a couple months here, months here, that we were talking amongst us going, okay, this could be it. You know, this could be, so what are you going to do? What are you going to do? What are you going to do? At the time I was in Orlando, Florida, and I was looking for investors and I was opening a gym. I already kind of knew in the back of my mind, okay, this is my next, this is what I'm going to do next. I'm going to open myself a fitness facility right here in the middle of downtown Orlando. So as the show, the Orlando Live was going, I was looking for investors down in Orlando. So yes, I was thinking of my next move very quickly.
0: With that next stage, were you hoping that your identity as ICE maybe would help with like getting investors or help take you to that next path? Because no one knew who Lori was. They knew who ICE was and your image, but they didn't know who Lori was.
1: Thanks, Alex. We know that. (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm sorry.
0: (laughs) This interview up.
1: (laughs) Uh, No, I get it. It's so funny you say that. No, it's very true. Um, The investors that I got have already knew me, you know, and so therefore that was, I I, trust me, it wasn't an easy task whatsoever. So I don't want to give that impression. But um, I had already went to the people That I knew that I could go to and put a business plan in front of and say, hey, this is what I want to do. They knew my track record as far as fitness was concerned and what I've done in the industry. So, therefore, it really wasn't even about ice. But yes, I was going to use ice as much as I possibly could, like in advertising or something like that. Like, you know, new business owner of, you know, Better Bodies Downtown Orlando, ice from American Gladiators. And even then, I got a cease and desist because it looks as though the gladiators are endorsing your gym. I was like, (laughs) Oh my God, all I'm saying is this, who, this is who owns the gym, Mm -hmm. you know? So that was a battle. That was a battle the entire time was trying to get people to know Lori Fetrick and wording the whole ice American gladiators thing. So we, we learned Created by Lori Fetrick, formerly known as Ice from the American Gladiators. (laughs) I just, I can imagine
0: that getting that cease and desist. And I'm going to be like, uh, what did I do wrong here? Like,
1: so Alex, this is why when you see this, where it says chilling with ice, you don't see American Gladiator logo anywhere. Yeah. Because if you did, boom, cease and desist, take it down. (laughs)
0: Letter would be in the mailbox right away.
1: Oh my God, I would have had it last week.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so I know you can't talk about specific details about the documentary that's coming out, but when that documentary does come out, what yeah, you, let me,
1: Tell me what you mean by specific details.
0: Like you can't maybe talk about what it talks about and things like that. But my more question is, what do you hope a fan who lo- used to watch the show learns about listening to the documentary from- cast members, creators and all of that. What do you hope the fan would get out of it?
1: Wow, Alex, that's a great question because I don't really we we as gladiators, I mean, let's back up just a little bit and I let's tell your viewers the same thing and that is there are two documentaries coming out. Okay, a lot of people don't know that. There's two. One is ESPN 30 for 30 and that's actually hitting, I believe, next week. The oh, trailer wow. is already out. Um But there was a little conflict when this all began and how basically it came about is the creator of the show called us and said, hey, they're doing a documentary about me. I'd love to have you on it. And by the way, we're not paying you. So we, as some of the American gladiators went, hmm, that doesn't sound right. (laughs) (laughs) um so we went ahead and there's a good handful of us we didn't do the espn 30 for 30 because we didn't feel comfortable with that Mm -hmm. so since we didn't do that one and we didn't hear from them for about six months netflix came along so when netflix came along it was a five-part series that part is coming out in june so there's two documentaries the team got split I always say there's A-list and B-list and the B-list gladiators are going to hate me for saying this. I apologize. I don't care, but that's the way it is. So like the A-list gladiators, which I mean, Nitro, Laser, Tower, Blaze, Zap, myself, um, my God, who else? Storm. Um, we had like 12 gladiators. We're all on Netflix. The other gladiators I think they have maybe two girls, as a matter of fact, all the girls, a lot of all the girls went to Netflix. I think they only have two girls over on ESPN, and that's um, Dallas and um, Electra. So it's going to be two different stories. I heard the ESPN story is going to be more the backstory of how the creator of the show possibly took the idea from the partner he had in the very beginning and ran with it and didn't give his partner anything. I don't know the story. We don't even know the story. We don't know what ESPN is going to do. And with that said, we kind of don't even know what Netflix is doing with our story. (laughs) (laughs) We're just hoping that they do us justice. I mean, I sat in the chair for six hours, two days in a row, not two days in a row, six hours, one day, And then about two months later, six hours, the next time sitting in a chair, them interviewing and interviewing and interviewing and asking questions. And so obviously, you know, a five-part series, I think they're going to go in chronological order. So they're going to start with, you know, some of the producers and the directors and ask them how it all transpired. And then they're going to bring in the gladiators, you know, and they're going to tell their story. So I think what I would like to see from the fans point of view is... I I just want them to have a a very good understanding of the actual American Gladiators and what we went through. Now, with that being said, that's why I created the podcast chilling with ice, because I noticed one thing and that is nobody really asked questions to get to know who we were as as people, as just people, you know what I'm saying? Like you asked me, you know, where was I, where did I grow up? What inspired me? What was, you know, uh, the athletics that I did. They didn't ask us those questions. They didn't ask us any of those questions. So that's why I decided I want people to get to know the gladiators now, literally who they are, just like you're, I'm getting to know your audience and they're getting to know me and what I'm all about. Um, so I'm hoping between the documentary and my podcast that people actually get to know who we were as people, you know, not just as the hard hitting you know, American gladiators kind of like, because we, nobody really got to know our personalities because most of it was, you know, what they considered a character Mm -hmm. situation.
0: I think that's so important because I think you can find like your fans, they can connect with you even more if they know a little bit about your backstory and they will appreciate your upbringing or how you got involved in fitness and things like that, because we want to learn more about people. I think that's the nowadays people just want to connect and network and learn. And I think what you're doing with your show is just amazing because you might ask a question from your fellow gliders. You're like, I didn't know that about you.
1: No, it's very true. I'm learning so much about my teammates just through my podcast that I didn't even know when we were doing the show.
0: Yeah. Did so you fun? <laughs> did you ever think about doing a podcast before now, or was this it just the perfect timing? And this was something you're like, I I want to do this now.
1: It it transpired when we started doing the documentary because a lot of the people were like, okay, what are you going to do? What are you going to promote? Um, you know, literally, people started scrambling. You know, because Netflix is worldwide, so mm-hmm. you have now we have a stage. Now we can I, I want to say have another fifteen minutes of fame. <laughs> <laughs> we'll become relevant for maybe another fifteen to thirty minutes again, you know, so that's going to be a fun part about it. but with that with that, it, it's kind of like we all started scrambling up, okay, are, are, you're going to do this, you're going to promote this, you're going to promote that." And yet a lot of people didn't have a lot of things to promote, and when we were doing the documentary. I knew I wanted to do a podcast. I just didn't know. I didn't know how. Mm -hmm. To be honest with you, I had no idea how to do a podcast. I had the name. My girlfriend helped. My girlfriend created the name. Actually, she's the one who came up with the name "Chilling with Ice." So when I was the last last day of my documentary interview, they were at. You know, obviously, okay, what are you doing now? That kind of thing. And I said, "Oh, I have a podcast. Like I already had it." Oh, I have a podcast. It's called Chilling with Ice. You guys got to check it out. You'll love it. That was it. That's all I said about it. And so now that will come out on the Netflix documentary. So it's kind of like, that's when I knew I had to have at least 10 in the bank and 10 on the air, you know, to kind of, you know, make it start to really keep going. But it was more along the lines of just, I I love, put a microphone in front of me and I have fun with it. And I (laughs) love getting to know people. And that's the other thing. I love interviewing people.
0: It's a lot of fun. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's the. I I've always I always say when my dream job was to be a game show host, and that was
1: totally see that too.
0: And being a host of this show, learning about people and that people that you've seen on screens or you see athletes, it's so interesting because you learn so much that you didn't know. And just seeing you on TV, it's like okay, I know Ice, but. I want to really know who she is, like you do on your show. Yeah, What has been the reaction of fans that have listened to the first few episodes that you have released?
1: Um, Interesting enough, I've read some, I have read some of the comments. <laughs> I've read some of the comments. I've read some of the blogs. Um, and I've gotten great feedback. Like, wow, had no idea about her childhood. Because now, I mean, right now there's like, you know, the episode with Zap is out. The next episode is coming out with Dallas. She's a complete train wreck. And so, and she even tells me that. So that's going to be entertaining. Let's put it that way. Um, But the feedback has been great because, and I didn't really, like I said, Alex, I didn't really know what I was doing too much, but yet I knew through my social media that the comments that I was getting, like, wow, I didn't know that she had a sense of humor. I didn't know this about her. I didn't know that about her. And through my social media, I really I realized I was like, wow, nobody knows me. Yeah. Nobody knows me. So when it came time to, to actually do the podcast, I guess I did it correctly because I had some comments of we love that you started with your backstory. We love to get to know you before you interviewed your own teammates. And I was like, Wow, I didn't even think about that, but thank you. So that kind of happened by accident.
0: <laughs> you know. <And> it just <laughs> so made-
1: some good feedback on it
0: and it makes people more excited with each they're like waiting for the next episode to come out and yeah. that's just is so exciting is there any guest? and this is kind of a fun question is there anything fun that you hope to do in the future with an episode a certain guest or a certain topic that would be something that the fans would be wow we're talking about this
1: Yes. Uh, And I'm hoping, I'm hoping my fans actually love it. Um, I mean, there, there are a couple episodes. There's, well, probably more than a couple, there's a good handful of episodes. Um, I, there's one episode that's going to, I'm going to interview him. um, Corey Collette, he's a fitness trainer to the stars. I want to know, I want to know about him and how he got going and how he became such a fitness, you know, celebrity fitness to the Mm -hmm. stars. I want to dive a little bit deeper into him a little bit, but then I also have another one and you're not at that age yet, Alex, but as we get older, our bodies change in a way that we're basically dying inside. (laughs) (laughs) So um, I'm actually bringing on a a doctor. Her name is Stephanie Wolf and she's a hormone specialist and she's my hormone specialist. And it's all about the anti-aging and the hormone things because what another thing that i'm getting is you know damn you're how old you know and i hate saying my age because i just don't feel it but you know people find out how old i am and they're like holy shit what are you doing and so i want to bring on stephanie and she's going to be an amazing guest because she is all about anti-aging and hormones and um, I get to talk to her about the fitness aspect and, you know, nutrition and stuff. So I'm very excited to share that with my audience, just because of the fact that I'm living it, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm living it and I get to talk about it, you know, and I think the age range around those lines are going to be anywhere. I'll be honest, it'll be like from 38 on up because people around the 38-40 area, their bodies are changing. And they're either hating it, (laughs) (laughs) they don't know what to do about it. And they're just, they're, you know, and it's just like, if you can grab a hold of somebody at that point in time, then the rest of their life is just going to be so much better quality wise, Mm -hmm. quality wise, you know, and there's a lot of women and a lot of men that go through. How old are you, Alex? 27. Oh, Jesus Christ. Okay. (laughs) Look what you get to look forward to. (laughs) So Alex, by the time you hit around the 40 area, (laughs) um, even with athletes, I mean, you can, I mean, when it comes to the, you know, your your athleticism, I mean, your hormones and the way your body makeup is generated and the makeup of it is just so amazing. And so many things can be enhanced without taking enhancement, I want to say enhancement drugs it's all about just the way you're eating and the way that you're training. And, and as you do get older, you can replace certain hormones or increase certain hormones to actually help you. And then there's the whole cortisol levels for people who are overweight, you know, and they're stressed out. And what can we do about that? I get to talk about this and this is what I'm excited about. It's kind of boring in some sense, but I will bring on a lot of celebrities.
0: (laughs) No, but I think that's what's great about your show is you're bringing different topics that people can relate to. And that's similar to what I do. I don't want the same guests that have the same background. I want to bring all different types of people because everyone's going through different experiences and different stories. And someone that's going to listen to that story, they might be like, oh, I I can relate or I know about that because I went through that. And you can see, we even talked about the comment section. People are connecting with each other in the comments. They're like, I went through this and people learn from each other. And that's so important nowadays.
1: Well, and you're going to give your, you're going to give your audience value, you know, and that's really what I want to bring to the table is I want to bring to the table that somebody can listen to it and either they're going to get value from listening um, by laughing (laughs) (laughs) or they're going to get value of, wow, I didn't know that. And all I got to do is change this, you know, maybe in my life Or, or like we were talking about before the mindset. You know, like your show is, you know, rise to the challenge. It's like, well, wh- what do you do? How do you do that? Mm-hmm. So many aspects of life that, you know, you, you, can, you can learn. And that's why I love these podcasts. Because, you know, not everybody's going to listen to every single episode of mine because they'll get bored, but maybe they'll go, go down the list and go, oh my God, that sounds amazing. Yes. You know? So if we can bring value to people, then I think that's what it's all about in today's day and age.
0: I totally agree. Do you have anything that you're looking forward to as fun projects in the pipeline for yourself? You, <laughs> you talked about being a hustler, and you're always looking at creating that next project. Do you always planning? Do you have those kind of ideas ready to go?
1: I actually don't. I I, I wish I could. I wish I could be that person. And go, Alex. Absolutely. <laughs> Let me break out my book right now. As a matter of fact, it's on my phone. This is my <laughs> yeah. No. Um, The way that my life works is if I get either stale or stagnant in in any kind of area, I start looking at, okay, what can I do to improve this? What can I do to get out of maybe this little slump? Right now, when I decided to do my podcast, that was this big project to me. As you know, when you start a project, um, a podcast, it's a, it's a large project. Yes. And so that has really excited me. And I I wake up in the morning and I'm excited. You know, I can't wait to do whatever it may be to keep the train going. The minute that I am not too excited about waking up in the morning, and that's not a bad thing because there's a lot of people that aren't excited when they wake up in the morning, but you've got to have, I have noticed throughout my life, it's like, it's a purpose. You need some type of purpose in order to get excited about life and whether that purpose is mowing your backyard, whether that purpose is taking your dogs for a walk, whether that purpose is, I'm going to start a new podcast. Um, I mean, so I can't really say that I wake up in the morning and go, okay, here's my next project. I'll get ideas along the way. Mm -hmm. I'm constantly thinking of ideas. And sometimes I Sometimes I get mad and I go, God, why doesn't my brain work like this? You know how there are certain people out there that don't just come up with these ideas and they're money-making ideas and they're all of a sudden, they're just amazing and fine. And I'm just like, why didn't I think of that? Yeah. You know, and I truly believe it's not a matter of my brain doesn't work that way. My brain wasn't programmed to work that way. You know, I think I'm very, I, I think I'm, I'm intelligent enough to do it. I just got to figure out how to do it. And it might take me a little longer than, you know, somebody who has the means of just coming up with ideas and everything like that. But I think really what I'm going to give myself just a little kudos for is I'm never afraid to try anything. That's really what it comes down to. I'm never afraid to try. If I fail, oh, well, I tried. Maybe I'll try it again another time but I'll just do it better. You know, I have no fear of failure. I get pissed off. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> you know, people are like, I have no fear. You know, when they say they have no fear of failure, I think what, what they're trying to say is, is it doesn't destroy them. You learn from it. Yeah. You learn from it is really what it comes down to. And when it, come ta- when it came time to my podcast, since I didn't know how to do it, Instead of spinning my wheels and trying to figure it out, I actually hired a consultant and, you know, I hired her for a couple months and bam, my podcast is up and running. Mm-hmm. And she said, she goes, wow, she goes, you work fast. And I go, what's, what's holding me back? Yep. You know, there's nothing that's going to hold me back unless it's money wise. And then it's kind of like, well, you know, let's see how we can do this on a small budget, you know, mm-hmm. type of situation but that's really what it comes down to is I just don't, I really don't have a fear of failure. So my next, whatever my next adventure is, I'll go at it a hundred percent. I might fail. It might not work. Maybe the podcast might not work. I don't know who knows, but at the same time, I'm going to have a shit. I'm going to have a really good time trying. Yep. You know?
0: And they and always, they always say it's better to, uh, you don't, what is it? Oh, You don't take the shot. You miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take. And like you and I were on this podcast journey and whatever happens, happens, but we're going to have lots of fun doing it. And you can see just with your energy and the episodes, you're having fun. And that is the important part you're learning as you go. And that's, I love the learning aspect of anything I do. If I don't learn something, did I really put a hundred percent effort into it? I didn't.
1: Nah. Not at all. It's it's like I had a fitness website about five years ago. And I remember I got, you know, I hired a trainer, I got in shape and I was like, okay, I'm gonna do all this online fitness. And and then I realized I went, nobody wants to train online. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. It's like, you know, they they want you in person. And maybe I didn't give that a hundred percent. And I kind of got defeated kind of quickly in that. Um, I didn't see it, or maybe I just got severely burned out on being a personal trainer. I don't know. Cause I did that for so many years as well. Um, that I just couldn't see doing it more and more. So I, I had the fitness website. The website is still up. <laughs> <you know? laughs> All right. What do I got to do with this website? <laughs> you know, <laughs> but, um, yeah, the podcast world, it's I'm learning. It's a whole new world. And you're right. If you, once you stop learning, it gets a little boring and yeah. life gets a little boring. Dude, you're 27. You got a. You got. Oh my god! <laughs> if I knew what I know now at 27, holy shit, <laughs> you're gonna have fun.
0: I'm. I'm ready for the adventure. Something fun we yeah. like to ask is when you're not doing the podcast, what does Lori like to do for fun nowadays?
1: Um, I do play a lot of golf. Okay. Uh, we had a really severe, wet, rainy weather season here in California, in Southern California. So it kind of, I didn't get to play a lot of golf, but in spring, summer, fall, usually even in the wintertime, unless it's raining and super cold, that's when I won't play. (laughs) I love golf. I absolutely love it. So that's kind of like my pastime, you know, the the pastime passion, let's say. Um, I've got my animals. I love traveling, I love going to Hawaii. I mean, I'm all about, put me on an island. Look at the, look at the picture behind me. I
0: love that photo. I love it.
1: <laughs> I mean, if I could be right here nope. on this. <laughs> Alex, that's, that's, my, that's my thing right there. I mean, I, I work hard so that I can play hard. You I know, love I, lo- I love to travel and I love to go to different islands. I mean, I, my next, the next adventure, I've been to Bora Bora and Tahiti, which were just ugh, unbelievable the next one I want to go to Fiji.
0: Ooh.
1: Um, but yeah, that's, that's what I do. And, and my pastime is I play golf. I keep busy. I got my animals. Um, my girlfriend keeps me busy. We have fun traveling. Um, I just, yeah, I just, I, I really do enjoy life. I really do enjoy it. I love. It. it sucks, but whatever.
0: <laughs> <laughs> do you have like that bucket list course that like that you want to go to?
1: Yeah, as a matter of fact, there's two of them. Um, but oh my God. here's the thing about the courses. Um, I do want to play Trump right here in um, Southern California. It's supposed to be an absolutely amazing course. Mm-hmm. Three hundred and fifty dollars to get on this thing. I think maybe four hundred. <laughs> All the super expensive, like Pebble Beach up in um, Northern California. Again, right along the coast, three four hundred dollars around. That, that's hard to swallow. (laughs) But um, I mean, yeah, those are just, you know, kind of, I don't want to even say bragging rights They're not even bragging rights. It's, you know, I played a course called Pelican um, right here in Newport Beach in Southern California. Absolutely gorgeous course, but this was many, many, many years ago. Um, So those are my, those are my two bucket. And I think, you know what, I think when you have that kind of disposable money, you're like, okay, not a big deal. You know, and you know, once my podcast hits that, and I'm kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but yeah, that's, that's my pastime.
0: The final question I'll ask you for someone that's listening to this interview based on your journey and experience, what tips or advice would you give them to overcome obstacles, accomplish their goals and rise to the challenge?
1: Just so simple. And they've heard it over and over and over again, but you just don't know it until you're in it. And that is never, ever, ever quit or give up. Keep pushing forward. Keep trying. If you fail, it doesn't matter. Keep trying again. If this is your passion, then it's your passion. And just because, and I have a hard time with this, but yet at the same time, I keep going. If someone tells you no, to me in the back of my mind means Not right now, (laughs) not right now, but it's something that I can honestly say that's, that's kept me moving in all the different things in my life that, I mean, Alex, I have a list of things that I have done that nobody knows about because they never took off, but I never stopped trying. Once you stop trying, you just die. I mean, it's just like, I'm not, you know what I'm saying? but just never stop just keep going just don't stop your passion your journey and who you are if there's an obstacle in front of you either find a way around it go over it it doesn't matter it's just an obstacle that's there for the moment yep you know um and just keep moving that's the other thing you got to keep moving every single day i do something towards my goal if it's literally just watching Maybe a podcast, watching a program, watching something that's going to give me knowledge of whatever I'm doing. Every single day I do something. So pretty much it keeps building and building and building and building. And pretty soon you're in the middle of what you have, your passion and what you want to do. It's the people that just go, okay, I have this idea, but they're so afraid to work. I mean, they're so afraid to act upon it because what if it doesn't work? What if it doesn't work? Who cares go for it anyway. Try it because you never know. It might might work. (laughs) Be surprised. So yeah, it's really just that. It's it's never stop. It's do something every day towards your goal, whatever it may be.
0: Lori, I want to thank you so much for coming on the show and talking about your rise to the challenge. You're inspiring so many people and we are excited to see what the future looks like for you.
1: Thank you so much for having me on the show. I really appreciate it.
0: Tune in next time here, my next guest talk about their rise to the challenge. Remember to follow, subscribe on all major audio platforms, and make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel to see the full length episode and video format. What path will you take to accomplish your goals? You decide.